Well, it's good to be here with you again today. It's a blessing to be with the people of God, wherever they are. And, uh, yeah, we look forward to coming to South Boston. We enjoy it. I'd like to uh, just like to say, I hope you enjoy the Word of God. As we look at Job's life, we look at all kinds of things in Scripture, I'm trusting you enjoy reading, uh, and you get inspired by reading. When we read the Word of God, we find out who God is, what God thinks, how does He operate. And we can find a lot of different things for our own lives, and we need that. I'd like to think about considering the matter of the heart. Lots of times we would say, let's get to the heart of the matter. And I've sort of turned that around as considering the matter of the heart. There's three things I'd like to look at. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. When we look at Proverbs and what he, the writer was saying there, we realize that he was not referring to the physical heart, the marvelous pump that we have in our bodies, which is keeping you sitting upright this morning. Uh, without that pump, you wouldn't. Uh, and I could have looked up some things on that. I have in the, in the past, but I didn't this time. But it is a marvelous pump, thousands of gallons that it pumps probably every year. I don't know. I didn't look it up. I know it's a lot. Amazing pump that God made. <clears throat> but the proverb writer is using the term heart spiritually. And when the Bible speaks of the heart spiritually, it's referring to the inner life, which inclusively of intellect, emotional, and will. So when we look at... The phrase there, keep thy heart with all diligence, it's meaning keep or literally guard your inner life, that inner part of you, what comes out, your life. The phrase with all diligence emphasizes the urgency that we have of keeping that heart you will find it necessary to, to guard many things in life pertaining to you personally, your property, your body, your reputation. We like to guard. Uh, but far above that and beyond all else, guard your heart, guard your inner life. That which people see, that which people... Um, watch and the reason for that urgent urgent 
admonition is made clear, for out of it flow the issues of life. When we think about our lives and what comes out, it's a lot what we put in it is what comes out. And so we are to guard that. He's saying to us that a person is made or broken by what transpires within the secret chambers of his heart. Or to put it differently, he's reminding us that everyone's life, uh, everyone's life, great issues is, in the last analogies of the matter of the heart, uh, are three things I'd like to look at today. Um, those three things, the first one is the character is a matter of the heart. The Bible leaves no question whether character is a matter of the heart. The character is who we are. Proverbs 23, 7, and I'd like to turn to that um, if you want to. I think it um, makes it a little clearer if we read a little bit more than as he thinks in his heart, so is he. The character of the heart. Proverbs 23 and verse 6, I'm going to start at. It says, Eat thou not the bread of him that hath an evil eye, neither desire thou his dainty meats. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. The morsel which thou hast eaten shalt thou vomit up and lose thy sweet words. <clears throat> All right, when we think about those couple verses there, he's saying don't associate with those that are evil. Eat not the bread of him that hath an evil eye. One that would see evil as okay. He would not be the kind of person that you want to go and spend a lot of time with uh, because he's going to talk of evil things or he's going to portray evil actions. And Obviously, as if we're with a person like that a lot, eventually it's going to rub on a, rub off on us, um, and so we may become like him. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he, the person that has an evil eye. Now he says, "Eat and drink," he saith to thee but his heart is not with thee. It reminded me of somebody that says, come, let's be friends. Let's, let's join together and eat, drink if you please. Um, let's have an enjoyment together. Let's be friends. Let's uh, look out for each other. But his heart is not with thee. He's not concerned about you. He was looking for what he can get out of life himself. Uh, the morsel which thou is eaten, and that's sort of an, uh, not a nice way to say it, thou vomit up. But I think what he is saying 
is the morsel that you would eat with him, not literally, but the person that you are with uh, is going to destroy you and you're going to lose your sweet words. If you're a Christian, you don't want to lose that. Character is a matter of the heart. We want to have the character that God gives us and it only comes through Him. So as we also, we, as we think in our heart, that's how we're going to be. It gives us a clear picture of that. Uh, sometimes we have heard people say, I don't know what happened to him or her. Um, that person used to be a really nice person. Uh, but of late, he or she is not the same person anymore. What happened to it? Somehow, um, something rubbed off. Somehow, what we thought, maybe we never had what we should have had in Christ. And so what we think or what we believe in our mind is eventually going to take root in our life. An anonymous poet, poet said it this way, I have a house inside of me, a house that others seldom see. It has a door through which none pass, and windows, but they're not of glass. Where do you live? Ask folks I meet, and then I say, on such a street. But still I know, what really, what, what's really me lives in a house folks never seen. How is your heart? Do you have things hid in that heart? that folks never see, things that will destroy you. Remember, as, of, as you think, that's how you will be eventually. Someone has said that your reputation is what people think you are. But character is what God knows you are as he looks on your heart. Well, think of Job that we were just talking about. God knew. God knows your heart. He is uh, very keenly interested in your heart and what it is. He wants to plant good character in your heart. The devil tries constantly to blind us uh, to that reality. And he says it really doesn't matter. You know, it's okay. Jeremiah 17, 9, very familiar verse to all of you, I'm sure. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. You know, I don't think we think about how, um, I don't want to, I don't think y'all have wicked hearts. I don't think that of you. I don't think you have heart trouble. But we can learn from this and we can, Think about it. It is deceitful above all. I think it really is. We, we don't realize how easily we're swayed to think certain things or allow certain things to be a part of us, and yet we don't want to. We don't want to do that. 
It's desperately wicked, it says. Who can know it? And we know the answer to that. God said, I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. I was challenged by that thought. The heart is desperately wicked. We need God. We need God who knows our heart who will adjust our heart to where it will be fine-tuned to have godly character in it. We also, it was a challenge to me as I read that, even to give man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. God looks down and he looks at our heart and he says, while Vernon needs to do something a little different. He's not quite up to power on that. Does he give me according to my ways? According to the fruit of my doing? It was a challenge to me to have my heart right with God so that he can give me those good things that he wants to give me. I do think God at some point sometimes decides if we're not going to do right, I'll just let him go. Have his way. Enjoy the things he wants to. He will give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. It's a challenge to have good character in our lives. Satan tries to lure us into the fallacious notion that unholy, godly, uh, God-dishonoring desires and attitudes in our life really is not so bad as long as we keep, you know, we don't say them. We keep a lid on it. We don't let people see that. And as long as, well, yeah, my thoughts might not be real good, But as long as I don't verbally say them, then it's not so bad. But Jesus said differently in Matthew 15, 19, and 20, For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, theft, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. You see, it will ruin godly character if we harbor these things in our mind, in our hearts. We allow them to be there. One of life's greatest dangers is that of convincing ourselves that we are okay. Probably we are never okay. We always have growing to do. We always have to Um, be on guard as it said guard your heart we're not okay some people would say okay but I'll have a, a good outward appearance but the truth is that regardless how impressive how admirable we are on the outside 
and have that facade that everybody looks at, uh, allowing our heart to harbor those sorry, mutt-seeking thoughts and desires, we are going to bring a ruin to our life. They can't stay there and we be uh, of a godly character. A person might delay that process for a while, and he might harbor them a long time, but on the authority of God's word, eventually that will manifest itself in our life. And so Peter told us, be sober, be vigilant, because the adversary, the devil, is as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may defire, whom resists steadfast in faith, steadfast. Because sin is the great enemy of our character, it's logic that the heart also, well, we think about it this way, because sin is the great enemy of our character, uh, it is logically the same if we have salvation and repentance from anything that would mar our life. Um, that's the only way that we'll have right character, uh, true character. That's also an issue of the heart, and that's a good side of it. Uh, that's why Paul declared in Romans that if we shall confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And so we find that if we have done that, and I believe many of you have, maybe all of you, have come to Christ, you are trying to live a righteous life. Uh, that will build godly character. Psalmist, the psalmist said in 51, 9 and 10, Hide thy face from my sins and blot out mine iniquity. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. It takes effort to do that, but we should want God to create, and only He can. We know that. Only God knows our heart, and He can build godly character in our heart. Create in me a clean heart, and renew a right spirit within me. The second thing that I'd like to think about, contentment is a matter of the heart. Contentment is the matter of the heart. The Bible would teach that, that contentment is something that we as Christians should have. To be at peace inwardly is a wonderful thing. First uh, Timothy 6, 6 says, Godliness with contentment is great gain. So why do I bring contentment in here? Because everyone wants an inner sense of fulfillment that we all call contentment. And God really wants that for our life. 
He wants us to be content. He wants us to feel free. He wants us to experience, and I think of um, Psalms 23, the sheep, you know, they go to the water, they go by the cool water, they lie down in his green pastures. They're contented people, God's people. But the only way that contentment can be experienced is for one's heart to be right with God and with people as well. Um, And I think as we um, have our hearts right with God, we will also get them right with people. And, And obviously, as we work with people and are with people in church, wherever, uh, there's little things that come up sometimes and we need to work through them. Um, Those kind of circumstances do impact our life. Uh, The things that we bump into, circumstances that we find and we have to work through them. Uh, But there are people that go through unimaginable situations and things in their life, and still they have contentment. They love God. They have the joy of Christ. And I think when we think about contentment, if we lack contentment and we don't have it, we begin to wonder. We begin to look around for things that bring contentment. And it's, it's really a, a vulnerable place that we place ourselves when we are not contented because we're looking for something that will satisfy. And I'll be honest, Satan will be there to fill that, that void that we have. It's a void that we have and we want that filled. Contentment is a necessary thing. Um, it's a matter of the heart. I read a fable about a little mouse who was in constant state of discontentment because of the fear of the cat. One day, a kindly musician came along and changed the little mouse into a cat, thinking that the little creature's fear would now forever vanish. But then he was afraid of the dog. So the musician changed him into a dog. Then he was afraid of the tiger. So the musician changed him into a tiger. Then he was afraid of the hunter. And at that, the musician changed him back to a mouse. He said, be a mouse again. I can't help you because you only have the heart of a mouse. You see, we can change a lot of things unless this heart changes. um, There's no amount of juggling around, shifting, manipulating our circumstances that can bring contentment. Won't happen. We look at Christians, and, and I appreciated the prayer this morning, I often don't think about it like I should. There's a lot of persecuted Christians all over the world. And we really need to pray for them. But they go through all that 
terrible things that they go through sometimes, and yet contentment is there. I visited in prisons, and you probably have too, where Christians are there, and yeah, they're there for a long time, and yet they say, I have peace. I have contentment. We visited a man for, I don't know how many years, long time. Uh, he's seen most of our children be babies and held them as babies. He was in 20 years, I think. But he said, he's okay. He enjoys life in prison. He taught school there. He made, uh, he did a lot of things that kept him in contentment. And mostly, when I first met him, he was, um, he was figuring out how he could uh, take his own life. And he was asking me all kinds of things. If he'd do this, would that be okay? Um, maybe if he'd done it this way. And he had this horrible look on his face. Just of, of misery. And my wife, Marianne, was with me once and seen him like that. And she came back later, after I had visited for a while, and he had become a Christian. Somebody had talked to him. There was a couple people that visited him. And he became a Christian. And I'll tell you, his outlook was 100% different. And he was different from that point on. He found contentment even there. And so uh, it doesn't depend on our circumstances. Uh, we have it good here, and we need to thank God for it. We may not always have it that way. Our circumstances might not be nice, but if our heart is right with God, with other people, we have contentment in the most adverse circumstances because we know, we know we are where God wants us to be. Godly contentment is great gain. Paul said it better in Philippians 4.11, I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Paul was a man who knew what it was to suffer for Christ he knew what it was to experience tribulation and trials. Um, I think at one point he, he said he was persecuted to the point of death. He just felt like life was crushing in on him, and yet there was a contentment with him. He wasn't out of touch with, his, um, with reality. He wasn't unaware of the storms swirling around him. But yet he found a contentment because he was close to Christ. He had a relationship with him, a daily fellowship with him, that encouraging presence of the living Lord Jesus in his life simply overshadowed those grim circumstances that he encountered. And that's why he could say in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. <clears throat> 
Also, uh, John 16.33, Jesus said, These things have I spoken unto you that in, in me you might have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And often when I think about our world situation, I think we know who's going to win in the end. And that keeps us moving. That keeps us that keeps our mind at peace because we know in the end God will win and things will come to naught of this world. And so Jesus is reminding us, you won't find peace in the world. Don't go looking for it there. It won't happen. Uh, but in me, you can be an overcomer. I can give you the contentment that you need. So um, it is important to have contentment with our Christian life so that God can move and be who he wants to be in our life. Thirdly, um, conquest is a matter of the heart. In uh, 1 Timothy 6.12, it says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and has professed a good profession before many witnesses. I guess we could ask, what is that good fight of faith? It is to press on through the wind of adversity uh, that is blowing hard against us. Somebody mentioned a plane doesn't he flies, lifts in the wind, blowing hard against us. Yes, we face things in our life. Um, Paul wrote in Philippians 3, 13 and 14, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Um, again, Paul knew what it was, and he, he was still in this life, so he said, I don't count myself to have apprehended, but the one thing I do... It's forgetting those things which are in the past. And you know, when we think about our, our earlier life, could be part of that, our past life, before we were Christians. Uh, we could let those things bother us. If they're forgiven, I don't think we need to. We need to put those behind us. Also, things that would hinder us in life of attaining to a godly life we need to need to i want to say fight for it conquest yeah fight for uh the things that we need to do i press toward the mark it's not like it's an easy road he has to press toward that prize of the high calling of jesus christ it is to stand in the face of opposition and to remain to remain confident that the Lord can and will deliver us from any circumstances that we, we have. Uh, it's to boldly declare the victory in Jesus, even when it looks like defeat. Uh, 
we can have be victorious. Jesus said he overcame the world. He can help us through his Holy Spirit. He can give us the victory of anything that is troubling us, that is keeping us from advancing in our Christian life, becoming more what he wants us to be. And so as we uh, are willing to say yes to God, as we are willing to say amen to the plans of God for our life without wavering, do it in obedience, do it in, in uh, not hesitating for fear or anything that would, would cause us to stumble. Our enemy Satan will not stop putting obstacles and things in our way or um, diverting our attention from God. He would love to do that. He would want to divert our attention from God. If he can divert our attention from God, he will also gain more victory in our life because we lose sight of the goal that we really want to do. God wants us to, to be overcomers. And depending on our problems or even failures, he might cause us to think there's, there's no hope. We become paralyzed. We become stagnant in our life, our spiritual life, our existence. Um, and we maybe quit fighting. We need to fight the fiery darts of Satan. And I think too, if we worry about or uh, feel anxious because of things that we can't figure out, we spend our time wasting our thoughts and energy um, toward taking care of those things. As someone has put it, um, see here, the time that we have here on earth is momentary, and it says, and he says, the more we fight against something, it directs us away from fighting for or toward something. I like that thought. If we're busy trying to get rid of this, we're focusing on that instead of focusing on working toward the goal of Christ working toward the matter of that really counts in our life. Yes, we need to be in repentance for our past sins and so forth. I don't minimize that. We need to have that. But then let's go forward. Let's keep looking. Don't look back at the, the old things. That's what Paul was saying. I want to go forward. I don't let those things hinder me anymore. And so... Let's not waste on our time and energy on thinking about what has been taken care of. The enemy will always bring lies and deceit to us that will bring us uh, to a defeat in our life if we allow him to. Romans 8, 37, Paul declared, In all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. 
If God lets us live any length of time, and many of you have been here for a while, and I'm sure you've experienced things, but it is inevitable that we will find ourselves engaged in conflict. Eventually we do. Um, and there are battles to be fought. There will be. There are things that we need to simply lay at the feet of Jesus and let him fight our battles. Um, he will fight for us through his Holy Spirit. He will guide us through our brothers. I was... Uh, talking to our church at home, and I was talking about despondency. Um, and I was telling them, um, we get despondent and are depressed, whatever, in our life. And yet I have all these men that I could call any of them in our church and say, man, I'm just really having a struggle with this situation in my life and I know that every one of them would sit and listen they would take the time I have brethren here that I could call and I know you'd listen you'd pay attention and so we need each other we need to fight for those things that we can and if we get to a place where we are troubled with something that we need help with ask for it don't be too proud In all things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. God does love us. He wants us to be conquerors. He wants us to experience the freedom that he has for each one of us. Through Christ, we can keep our focus and uh, find the goal that we are trying to attain. I just want to challenge you with those thoughts. Considering the matter of the heart, character, and um, character that we want to have, a good character in our life, also uh, fighting for that battle, contentment in our life, those are all things that will keep us on the straight and narrow way, will help us becoming what God wants us to be challenge you as you go through your life that you keep reading his word keep um, encouraging yourself in the word of God allowing his spirit to talk to you to encourage you in the things that you read and find what God really is how he cares for you and we can be winners in our journey Let's have a song. Pure.